And happy Tuesday, everybody. This is the KJLM Sports Wrap on a Taco John's Taco Tuesday. 99 cents hard shell beef tacos at Taco John's all day today. We've got a lot to get to. Second half of the wrap, we're joined for the first time in a very long time by Kevin Fulness, works for the Minnesota News Network Sports Department, but you may be familiar with him on Minnesota Wild Radio Broadcasts. Chatting some wild hockey with Kevin Fulness with training camp getting underway this weekend. We've got the first game on the schedule, Wild at Los Angeles. Two weeks from Thursday, the 14th of January, back-to-back games at Los Angeles. We'll chat Minnesota Wild roster, some new faces, and uh, what he thinks of the Minnesota Wild being in the Western Division this year with with the Kings and the Ducks and the Sharks and the Avs and the Coyotes and the Knights. It's going to be a, a lot of late games for for Minnesota fans, at least the good news is we've got St. Louis in here yet. They're still in the central time zone, but I think that's the only wild opponent all season long because the NHL is doing a lot similar to what baseball did, where baseball uh, realigned kind of, uh, or not realigned, but the schedule was only teams in your division and then in the other conferences division. So the Twins played teams, the AL Central and the NL Central only until the playoffs happened and we got steamrolled by a, a sub-500 Astros team. That was Oh, I'm sorry. That's not how I want to start the sports wrap today. Let's, let's let's begin the wrap first by talking about high school sports returning to the schedule. Rewind time. That's right. Practices can resume for winter sports on Monday, January 4th. And then competition can resume as soon as Thursday January 14th, the same night that the Minnesota Wild begin their season, high school sports can resume in Minnesota with probably a, a pretty large caveat. And I, I I, wasn't not expecting this, but I can, I can understand why they're doing it. Because the way things kind of progressed, especially through the football season, with the way that things were that last week with a, a whole pile of teams having COVID cases uh, in this area. I know uh, New York Mills, I think, had one. The Monoman Wabin Thunderbirds unable to finish their season because of COVID on, on their teams. And it wasn't just there. It was all over the state. Teams unable to play. That's why things got moved around so much that that, that final week, what, five, six weeks ago already. I, I understand why the MSHSL has imposed what they imposed with the uh, – the the COVID-19 youth and adult sports practice guidance. And if you haven't heard this yet, athletes going to be required to wear masks during practice and competition unless there are additional safety concerns. So gymnastics does not have to wear masks, cheerleading, wrestling, and of course, swimming and diving. But hockey will need to wear a mask on the ice, on the bench, everywhere. Practice and competitions, same with basketball. The, the state of Wisconsin is doing this as well, and they haven't had any issues. And I, I reading the statement from uh, MSHSL uh, Executive Director Eric Martins, I, I, I totally get why they're doing this, because they don't want to have what happened at the end of the football season happen to high school sports a, a month from now, where we have teams scrambling to to get games in because the season is going to be reduced significantly significantly as it is because when things get going on January 14th a lot of these teams get going like right after Thanksgiving and so they've lost 
you know, six to eight weeks of season in what was already going to be a shortened season. Eric Martin says this in a press release yesterday from the MSHSL. He says, we're excited for the opportunity to start both practices and contests in this winter season. And here's the big one. The the commitment to safety by our more than 500 member schools is critical to not only the start of our seasons, but to finish them strong as well. And I think that's the biggest fear for the MSHSL. Because the, the, the press release here, which you can find online at kdlmradio.com, you can find the uh, the sports practice guidance document there as well, is the MSHSL wants to hold winter tournaments this year. I don't think there's been a, a completed state tournament since the Lakers took third place state wrestling nearly a year ago. <laughs> It'll be a year ago in, in two, year ago in February. Is that when the state wrestling happened? The, the girls' state basketball tournament got a couple games under its belt, and then it shut down. The, the boys' high school state tournament never happened. I'm still waiting for that section championship game between Fergus Falls and Purim. That would have been an absolute blast to watch at Concordia. That game never happened. Of course, all spring sports got wiped out. Fall sports did happen with uh, just the playoffs up to section play, but no state tournaments for soccer or cross country or or girls swim and dive. None of that. But the MSHSL wants to have some sense of normalcy. The, the big question is, will there be fans at these state tournaments? I feel like and maybe it's not even up to the MSHSL because U.S. Bank Stadium, for for one, says uh, regardless of the event, no fans allowed. So even if it's just say they're going to play the the state football tournament at U.S. Bank Stadium, there wouldn't have been any fans allowed there. But I feel like by the middle to end of March, we should have a better grip on on the vaccine situation, the social distancing. If, if you got it's not going to be elbow-to-elbow people at the X watching the state high school tournament. And maybe that's where Channel 45 and a lot of these, a lot of radio affiliates kind of step up, much like they have uh, for, for volleyball this last season, where there were not a lot of fans allowed in. And the only way that, you know, that that outside fans could watch was on a streaming channel provided by the school district or the radio or or some combo of both. Still grateful for to, to DLHS for for allowing us to, to to team up with them, where Charlie's play by play has been on a lot of Laker broadcasts on the uh, the high school streaming website, and so those kind of partnerships huge in in this world where fans not allowed to go to games, but we are on the right track, and if if it involves competing in masks just to get things going, because maybe things will start in masks. And by the end of the season, things will transition enough where maybe we don't need them during practice or competition. That would be great. But in order to get things going, because if there's one thing that, you know, not just just fans, but parents want for these kids to enjoy their senior seasons, it's to be competing on the court. Something that they've been working forward to ever since they could pick up a basketball. They went through all the the elementary games uh, shuttling back and forth on the weekends to to, to to hockey tournaments, and to not have your season se- your senior season would just be devastating. We saw it in the spring for a lot of these athletes. We don't want to have that happen again in the winter. If 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 student athletes and coaches and officials wearing a mask is what allows these kids to play, 
then I say do it. And not and not just start the season, but to finish the season strong as well. So your your section championship games aren't getting canceled, like what we saw in in a lot of football instances. I think that's the big takeaway is we we don't want to just start and resume the winter season. We want to finish them as well. Carr waits for a screen from Robbins with six, with five, working left, with three, crossing over on Kithier, step back, three at the horn, you got it! He knocks it down, and Minnesota goes into the locker room, leading by 20. Holy smokes, how about them Gophers last night? Their third straight win, their second win over a top 17 team, as they blow out the Michigan State Spartans at the barn last night, 81-56. to Like you heard right there, Gophers led 36-16 to at the half. Michigan State offense nowhere to be found last night. But the Gophers, big night for Marcus Carr. He has 19 points last night. And Liam Robbins, 18 points for the big man on three of seven shooting. 25 minutes, had stuffed the stat sheet. He had a chance to talk to Mike Grimm after the game last night. Well, Liam Robbins joins us now, the heart of the game winner from the locker room. and uh, Big time, 18 points, nine rebounds, one rebound shy of a double-double, two assists, three block shots. We thought you had a couple more. They called a couple of close fouls, Liam, on a couple of those block shots. But uh, I know you'll take the win, the 18 points, and back-to-back wins over ranked teams. How's it feel? Uh, feels great. Obviously, uh, it's a new experience for me, so uh, just a very cool experience, but we, you know, we got to keep looking forward to the next game. I was going to ask you, Liam, that's why you come to Minnesota, right? To have an opportunity to, to knock off Michigan State in Williams Arena. How's it feel? Uh, feels great. Um, I, I mentioned earlier that uh, you know my dream was always to play in the Big Ten growing up, so like to be able to fulfill that and then also compete against these teams has uh, been an honor. And not only that, but like to win a few of these games and then keep looking forward to you know build our resume. Yeah, build that resume, guys. The, their first win over Michigan State since 2017 and only the ninth time that they've beaten Sparty since the year 2000. They played them like 34 times, 9 and 30. I don't, I don't even know what the math would be there. It, it a, a win over Tom Izzo's Michigan State Spartans does not happen very regularly for for the Gophers. And head coach Richard Petito knows that, and he had his guys played well last night, especially on the on the glass. Yeah, you know, we played really well. I'm, I'm happy for our guys. That is a very, very hard team to do that to. Um, I thought defensively we were phenomenal in the first half. Um, but I think what we did, as good as we've we've done this year, was we blocked out and we rebounded the basketball. Next up for the Gophers, uh, previously number six, Wisconsin. They got upset last night as well. An unranked Maryland team knocking off Bucky. And uh, that's the next opponent this Friday for the Gophers. Richard Petino talks about that as well. I haven't watched any of them. Uh, I know they're all, they're like 30-year-olds. You know, I think <laughs> I went to high school with all of them. Um, they're they're really, really good. You know, obviously they they have a great system and they've got a lot of old guys. So we'll enjoy tonight uh, and get to work tomorrow. Scratch that Thursday game, New Year's Eve afternoon game for the Gophers. 3 o'clock pregame show, 3.30 tip-off here on KDLM. A couple other things to get to. Uh, if you watched that Buffalo Bills game last night, you got probably had some 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 Stefan Diggs envy hauling in three touchdowns as the Bills blow out the Patriots last night, 38-9. to Four touchdown passes, 320 yards for Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen as he helps the, the Bills improve to 12-3. and The Patriots fall to 6-9 and with the loss. It's their first losing season in New England in 20 20- 
years. You have to go back all the way to the year 2000 to find the last time the Patriots had nine losses or more. Timberwolves back on the hardwood tonight as well. They are in Los Angeles taking out the Clippers. We'll have that game on KDLM tonight, 9 o'clock pregame show. Uh, start on that one. And uh, I, as jealous as Vikings fans are of the way Stefan Diggs has been playing this season, Twins fans have to be jealous of what the San Diego Padres are doing. We talked yesterday about them trading for former Cy Young winner Blake Snell and giving up four big prospects. And now they've added another ace to their rotation that the Padres are putting all the chips on the table. You Darvish, who just finished second in the NL Cy Young voting behind Trevor Bauer going from the Cubs to the Padres in what may be the biggest one-two punch in baseball. And now I'm hearing rumblings that Trevor Bauer, the reigning NL Cy Young winner, may be interested in going to form one of the best rotations in the history of baseball in San Diego. It doesn't always work out. You may remember the uh, the five aces that the Philadelphia Phillies had with uh, Roy Halladay and Cole Hamels and Roy Oswalt. And I forget the uh, <laughs> I forget who the other two five aces were, but man, that is, and here's what the impressive thing about what the Padres have done over the last year, the Padres have traded 29 prospects, but still have a top five farm system and are a legit world series contender. They've got a a great young core. They've got uh, some, some big veteran guys, Manny Machado, one of those, they've got one of the most exciting young players in baseball in Fernando Tatis Jr. And now they've got probably the best one-two punch in, in not just the, the NL West, where the, the reigning World Series champion L.A. Dodgers are from, but probably in all of baseball. And I know there were rumblings of Blake Snell possibly to Minnesota. He's got three years left on his, on his deal. Very team-friendly deal. Twins didn't pull the trigger on that one. And there were some rumblings of the Twins and you, Darvish. Twins likely scared away because you is in the middle of a of a six-year, $126 million contract. And the Cubs getting uh, four top 100 prospects in return for Darvish. But the way that the Padres farm system, because the, the, the Padres have run things very similar to the way the Twins did for years, the Twins way, where you 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 develop these prospects, you develop your, your Tory Hunters, and your Justin Morneaus and your Michael Kadires and your Jock Jones and your Corey Koskies and your Johan Santanas and you build them up till they get in their prime and you can win the division with 88 wins, sweet, but then you lose in the playoffs. Then you trade those superstars or or let them walk in Tory Hunter's instance, get some prospects in return and kind of start that whole process over is the way the Padres have done it. And they've come close. They've had some heartbreaking playoff losses. They haven't been to a World Series since 90. Oh, they lost to the, the one of the first years of that that 1990s Yankees dynasty, 90, uh, 97, I want to say, 96, 97, 98. 98 sounds, sounds about right. But now they're sick of that. And it would be awesome to see the Twins maybe do something similar to that as well. Second half of the sports wrap, we're talking to Kevin Falness from the Minnesota Wild Radio Network, talking some wild hockey. The season starts for the Wild two weeks from Thursday, January 14th in Los Angeles. Talking to Kevin Falness next on The Wrap. 
I'm Omar Reese with NFL Network now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Rams quarterback Jared Goff had thumb surgery on his throwing hand and hopes to be back for the playoffs, according to NFL Network insider Ian Rappaport. John Wolford will start against Arizona in the season finale. The Cardinals are hopeful that quarterback Kyler Murray can play Sunday following a leg injury suffered in a loss against the 49ers. Arizona clinches a playoff berth with a win against the Rams Sunday. Dwayne Haskins was released by the Washington football team after less than two seasons. In a tweet, Haskins vowed to be a better man and a better player. As for who will start in Sunday's must-win game against the Eagles, head coach Ron Rivera saying he's hopeful Alex Smith will return from a calf injury. Washington takes the NFC East with a win. The Bills beat the Patriots 38-9 on Monday Night Football. Josh Allen threw four touchdowns. This has been NFL Network Now on the Westwood One Radio Network. Cal Soderquist with your Wolves Minute. Well, it's a game day once again for the Minnesota Timberwolves preparing to play the third and final game of a three-game road trip that has seen both good and bad. The good was a thrilling Saturday night win in Utah over the Jazz. The bad, a Sunday night loss to the defending champion L.A. Lakers and maybe the worst of it all, Carl Anthony Towns sustaining a wrist injury in Saturday's win forced him to sit out on Sunday. He'll continue to be out for the next few days at least. Here's Cat on sustaining that wrist injury in Saturday's win. It was my left wrist. It's the same wrist I broke, so it's pretty sore. It's pretty, pretty, pretty sore. But uh, I was really there more just to be like a distraction on the court, and I just was there in case my team needed me. I didn't want to just quit the game and go get x-rays and stuff, so I wanted to be available in case my team needed me. Yeah, Cat finished the game on Saturday night, but then saw a specialist in L.A. and was ruled out for the Sunday night contest. Tonight's action against the Clippers gets underway at 8.30 on the Timberwolves Radio Network. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk Minnesota basketball next. We are professionals. We are family and friends. We are volunteers. We are community partners. We are a team dedicated to helping you succeed. We help protect and serve America's businesses. When you need us, we're here to help. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. The Star Tribune Top 150 Workplace since 2018. The 21st-ranked University of Minnesota men's basketball team beat number 17 Michigan State last night at Williams Arena, 81-56. It was the largest margin of victory ever over the Spartans for Minnesota. Gopher head coach Richard Patino joined Spencer Tollickson and me after the big win. You know, we played really well. I'm, I'm happy for our guys. That is a very, very hard team to do that to. I thought defensively we were phenomenal in the first half, but I think what we did, as good as we've, we've done this year, was we blocked out and we rebounded the basketball. How do you keep your guys from too high is too high and too low is too low? Well, I think that that's my personality, and I think it's our coaching staff personality. We don't get too high. We don't get too low. We just keep trying to teach them. There's always opportunities to learn. You know, I mean, it sounds crazy, but I'm 38, but I'm pretty experienced. And maybe a couple of years ago after the Illinois game, I might have buried them and yelled at them. And, and instead, we, we taught them. You know, and if they're doing something, it's on us as a coaching staff to teach them how to get better. Um, so, you know, proud of the way that we responded. Thought we got better versus St. Louis. Then we got better, obviously, um, you know, the next game and then obviously leading to this. So I'm uh, really proud of our guys. It's hard to do that. I mean, that's a terrific program. Next up for the Gophers, a Thursday matinee at Wisconsin. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. 
1340 KDLM, the station you can count on. Welcome back to the Sports Wrap. On a Taco John's Taco Tuesday, nine events at Hard Shell Beef Tacos at Taco John's all day today. It's been a while since we've had Minnesota Wild Hockey on the airwaves, but there is a date they're going to return Thursday, January 14th at Los Angeles. We're joined on the phone by Kevin Fulness from the Minnesota Wild. Good morning, Kevin. Oh, good morning. I can't believe we're finally starting to talk hockey. I'm ready to go. Uh, I, I know. In a typical NHL season, where would we we we'd be a couple weeks in already, right? It just seems empty. Yeah, we'd we'd be closing in. Uh, I guess we wouldn't be closing in on the All Star break, but we'd be at least a quarter of the way into the season for sure. Yeah, it just it's been kind of weird. Just the the delays in in certain things. NBA season, no high school sports. It doesn't feel like like December 29th. There, there should be something going on each and every night. Good thing for these 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 Gophers, though. Gopher hockey team has kind of kept us satisfied. They start the second half of the season coming up against Arizona State here soon. But uh, we're here to talk about Minnesota Wild Hockey. And a lot's changed with this team since the playoff exit to Vancouver uh, last, man, was it June or July? When the playoffs? August. Uh, yeah, August, yeah. August, yeah. Uh-huh. And then the uh, playoffs went in Tampa, lifted the cup over their heads roughly two, three months later. So there's been a bit of a void when it comes to pro hockey. Yeah, usually I, I, my my internal clock is just all thrown off. A little bit different team that we saw when they left the ice uh, in the bubble up uh, up in Canada. Uh, Miko Koivu, longtime captain of this team. He's no longer here. Eric Stahl traded as well. But uh, some new faces, in, including probably the most highly anticipated prospects since you could say Marion Gabrick when this, this team first uh took the ice back in 2000 in in Kaprizov. What do we like about this kid? Yeah, he's changed it now to Kaprizov. Just a small little notation there, but Kirill Kaprizov, I agree. He's coming in with a load of, I I mean, they want to temper the expectations. I say Bull Durham to that. I mean, this guy is a guy that has done it on a real high level over in Russia in the KHL. And if that transfers in any way, shape, or form to the North American style of hockey and and playing in the National Hockey League, I mean, the the Wild have a a, a potential sniper in the making. Uh, I I just think that you you think that he was drafted back in the fifth round in 2015, and we have yet to see him in a Wild uniform. Uh, I just can't wait. That's the thing that I most anticipate about dropping the puck there on January 14th and even the training camp that leads into that starting January 3rd. I want to see this guy with my own two eyeballs. I've seen what he can do on YouTube. Now I want to see it with my own two eyes. Um, and that's just one, like you said, one of many changes. Marcus Johansson is the guy that came over in exchange for Eric Stahl from Buffalo. He's a guy that uh, he can play the center position. It looks like that's where he's going to be slotted, most likely on the top line, potentially with Fiala and Kaprizov. Uh, and, or, or he could be moved to the wing, depending on who steps up. Uh, yesterday actually was the first time I actually saw any of these guys in person. I happened to be down at Trier Rink in St. Paul, and I got a chance to see some of the uh, the first team uh, in action, separated by a plate of glass, of course, wearing my mask. And I got to see uh, Nick Bukestad for the first time uh, since he joined the Minnesota Wild, another new face. Uh, he's a tall drink of water. I know he's a little bit of a, a reclamation project because he's had a, a bit of, a, of an injury bug the last couple of seasons. But if he pans out in any way in, in that third or fourth line role, uh, that's going to be a big boost for this team as well. And, and you talk about the Gophers, for the former Gopher to come home and that chance to make good with his hometown team uh, should be pretty cool. So those are some of the, 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 the new names we'll be looking for. Looking at this team from a, 
from a goaltender standpoint, uh, Devin Dubnik also no longer on this team between the pipes. Who's uh, slated to be the opening day goaltender for the Wild? Yeah, that's another place. The only place that really hasn't been any change is the blue line. Everything else is going to be pretty well topsy-turvy. You're going to need a roster outside of Parisian and sooner to figure out who's on this team anymore, it feels like. But in goal is a prime example. Devin Dubnik gone, Alex Stalock injured. So Cam Talbot is the guy they brought in, and he's a guy who's played for the Calgary Flames, the Edmonton Oilers, has definitely had some real good seasons in the National Hockey League, has had some seasons that haven't been so good. But there, he's going to be the guy that's going to be the number one man between the pipes. Bill Guerin already said that. Uh, Dean Everson echoed it. Um, Cam Talbot's going to be your number one guy going into this upcoming season. The backup right now looks like it'll be Capo Kakinen, the guy, uh, another prospect for the Minnesota Wild, who was the American Hockey League goaltender of the year last year for the Iowa Wild, uh, had a chance to – I think play a handful of games with the Wild last season with the big club and really played well. Got his first career victory in New Jersey. Also, I think played in Boston or maybe it was New York. But regardless, played very well in his first stint and will get a chance to to back up uh, Cam Talbot now with Alex Stalock on the shelf. And then they also brought in the Hambler, Hamburglar, Andrew Hammond, will be mm. their, their third option and could also spend some time down in Iowa. So, uh, three new faces there in in goal for Minnesota, and uh, all three will be counted on to, to help out. Let's talk about the coaching staff. Uh, head coach Bruce Boudreaux relieved of duties uh, middle of last season. Dean Evison takes it as the interim guy, uh, leads him to an 8-4 and four record. Uh, the expanded playoffs uh, wins that first game against Vancouver, then loses the, the next three to get eliminated. What do we like as Dean Evison is the full-time guy uh, on the bench now? Well, you know, one thing that you can say about him is apparently he's got some real good chemistry with Kevin Fiala. I mean, Fiala was the biggest thing since Marion Gabbard before Karol Kaprizov came along. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Fiala's been on a, a tear. His first, his last goal in the National Hockey League in the regular season was the final goal before the before the pause, the COVID winter, whatever you want to call it. And it was an overtime goal in Anaheim way back in March. Um, and that was just the, the cherry on the cake, man. He's been lighting it up. And I think a lot of that is because of the chemistry and the relationship he has with Dean Evison. I think that's the biggest thing that Evison has in his corner is the way he got the full-time role. But not only that, he's got a great relationship with all the guys. He's, he's got a good system in place. And, you know, he's just he's earned this opportunity. He's been a, a coach on, on many levels, never in the National Hockey League until now and now he gets an opportunity to show that he belongs here he's got a brand new deal and he's going to be the full-time coach going forward so uh it it, it should be fun it should be great for him and he it's an opportunity he's definitely earned let's chat realignment real quick uh with the the reduced 52 game schedule i believe the wild have been placed in the 56 50, 56 okay yep. uh they've been put in the west coast division and so probably a lot of late game, especially to start the season. But I'm looking at the schedule here, and a lot of, of, of back-to-back games, like the start of the season, the uh, January 14th at Los Angeles, get a couple days off Saturday at Los Angeles, then two at Anaheim, come back to the X for two against San Jose, two against Los Angeles, two against Colorado. I'm, I'm guessing that's due to, uh, to COVID and keeping these guys in the same place and not moving around as much. What are some pros and cons of having these kind of you could call it a two-game series against uh, the same opponent, seeing everyone back-to-back games for the entire season. Yeah, well, first of all, this is not something I would want to do on on a regular basis. This isn't the way I'd want to be in the Central Division. Love the fact that they're right down the middle with uh, St. Louis and Chicago and Nashville and Colorado. I love that division when everything is normal. 
and unfortunately right now everything isn't normal. It isn't close to normal. So you got to make do with the, the best you can. And why not? You know what? Throw everything up in the air, see where it lands. And uh, unfortunately for both Minnesota and St. Louis, they end up in the West Coast and, and they end up playing, you know, the California teams and, 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 and dealing with all that and, and dealing with Colorado and Arizona and Vegas. It's going to be a weird season, but, you know, this is, is a weird time in, in everybody's mm-hmm. life. So why not make the most of it? So they realigned it. They're with those teams. And uh, what I like about this, and again, I wouldn't want to do it on a regular basis, but considering the, the circumstances we're under, a two-game and a four-game series against the same team is going to build that hate. And by the end of that series, you're going to have a little bit of extra fireworks and a little bit of extra sandpaper in these games. And I like that. that that's I think that'll make this season a lot of fun. 56-game schedule, 28 at home get a chance to get back at XL Energy Center, even though there won't be any fans there. It'll be just great to be back on home ice, and I think uh, everybody's looking forward to that. And then a chance to have these two- and four-game series, and I think that'll add some intensity to it. Yeah, I, I just looking at, at the schedule, it looks like we're only playing other teams in the West. I'm not seeing the Blackhawks on, on here. I'm not seeing no. the, the Preds on here. It's just teams in the West. And so when you're, when you're playing the same guys uh, exclusively, kind of like what the, what the Twins did in Major League Baseball, playing just teams in the Central Division, I mean, there's there's newfound rivalries. Uh, there's not yeah. going to be the, the Jets' wild rivalry, but maybe we establish a little bit of a rivalry with with the uh, the Arizona Coyotes. I mean, we still have the Blues on here. We still have the Rock, uh, the the Avs on here as well. But maybe some 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 bad blood with some some West Coast teams, which would be fun to see. Yeah, it, you know, it, it won't be an, uh, a true bubble, and that was so successful this summer for the National Hockey League and, and returning to play and and getting guys back on the ice really successful. I mean, you just couldn't do a five-month bubble. Uh, the Players Association would never go for that, and it would be almost cruel to expect them to. Yeah. So this is the, the next best thing. They try to limit the contact between teams, try to limit the travel as best possible, even though the Wild and the Blues in particular are going to be traveling more than probably anybody to, to hit the West Coast and, and hit some of these, these places. But, you know, you're just trying to do your best keep them in one spot as long as possible, limit the amount of contact they have between different people, and you know, make the best of it. Try to have some fun with it at the same time, and I think that's what these two- and four-game sets will help provide. Talking so Kevin Follis for the Minnesota Wild Radio Network. Kevin, this, the season starts on January 14th. What are some things that have to happen between now and opening night against the Kings? Well, we got training camp, the quote-unquote training camp starting January 3rd. There won't be any preseason games per se, but the Wild are having a couple of scrimmages where it sounds like they're going to try to do the and make it as real as possible. They'll have a morning skate, send the guys back to the hotel, and then they'll uh, play a, a basically inter-squad scrimmage. Uh, that'll happen on two different occasions. I think either the probably like the 8th and the 10th, roughly. The, the, the schedule hasn't been released as of yet, but that's the ballpark. But, you know, I mean, like we talked about the roster being turned upside down, I and mean, these guys really haven't really skated much together in a in a formal capacity. So it's going to be up to Dean Evison to really get these guys associated and acquainted with each other in a real big hurry, and that's going to be the charge over the course of those two weeks. It won't be easy. Uh, probably this will be the most difficult team to, the, the most difficult set of circumstances for any team, considering the amount of changes and turnover there's been. But I mean, these guys are all professional. I think that's part of part of the plan. But it'd be, it'd be fun to see Kaprizov in action if Fiala can pick up where he left off, and if some of the other guys can carry the torch going forward. Jordan Greenway is going to have a ton of of of, of, 
responsibility on his shoulders. Can he carry that, that burden? So uh, lot, lots of questions to be answered as we make our way towards this uh, weird regular season on January 14th. Yeah, one more big question. Uh, Miko Koevu wore the C for 11 seasons. He's now in Columbus. Who is your pick to, to be the captain of the Wild this season? You know, everyone's talking about Jared Spurgeon, and believe me, I'd have no beef if they put the letter C on, on Jared Spurgeon's uh, uh, jersey. I, I, I Trust me, I think he'd be a tremendous person to get it if he gets it. I have a strong feeling that it might be Zach Parisi. Um, he's been the face of the franchise since 2012. He's led the team in goals. He's always on the ice. He's got the, the work ethic of a horse. Um I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's Jared Spurgeon, but you asked me my pick. I'm going to say Zach Parisi. Kevin Follis, my friend, thanks for joining us on KDLM today. Uh, can't wait for the season to finally get started uh, Thursday, January 14th at Los Angeles. You and me both, my friend. Thanks for having me, and uh, let's do it again soon. Can't wait. It's finger licking good. So we dude. All right, can't wait moment. Timberwolves basketball tonight on KDLM. Looking to to end the losing streak at one game. Wolves are 2-1, and one, coming off a, a blowout loss to the L.A. Lakers on Sunday night. Uh, still in Los Angeles at the Staples Center, this time taking on the L.A. Clippers. 8.30 pregame show, 9 o'clock tip-off tonight. No Carl Anthony Towns, as I uh, mentioned before, and in my sports reports, out indefinitely with a dislocated wrist. He's being evaluated on a week-to-week basis. Hopefully not going to be a, a lingering issue for for Cat. But this is time for the other guys to step up. Nas Reed had, was, was in double figures against the Lakers. D'Angelo Russell, Ricky Rubio, Malik Beasley, Jake Lehman. Still a lot of talent on this Wolves team. And the Clippers coming off a pretty... Uh, Embarrassing blowout loss as well. Uh, theirs was to the Dallas Mavericks. 8.30 pregame show, 9 o'clock tip-off on KDLM tonight. We'll also have the Richard Patino Coaches Show at 6 o'clock. The Gopher men's basketball coach talking about uh, last night's win over Michigan State and previewing Wisconsin this Thursday afternoon. You can find the full broadcast schedule online at kdlmradio.com. That's a wrap for the Sports Wrap. We're back tomorrow. Joel filling in for me tomorrow. I am off for the next couple days. He's got Cal Soderquist from the Wolves Radio Network on Wednesday. He's got Joe Johnson from VikingsTerritory.com on Thursday. Then Monday, uh, working on getting Mike Grimm lined up to talk about uh, kind of, well, he, he, he called it. He said the Gophers need to win three of their next six games, and they've won three of four. And so we'll, we'll try and get Mike Grimm on the schedule for Monday to chat about that. You're in tune to KDLM Detroit Lakes, Minnesota. It's way past 10 o'clock. It's time to start my other show, Off the Record with Zeke. That's coming up after CBS News.